This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Radio Cherry Bomb. I'm Claudia Wu. And I'm Carrie Diamond. And we're the founders of Cherry Bomb, the indie magazine about women and food. Today's show is brought to you by Cole Chocolat, the online school for those looking to become chocolate makers or chocolate experts. For those of you who like to plan ahead, the school's Chocolate Flavor 101 class starts in October. Check out the website for details. I might be one of your online classmates. And then we have two new sponsors this season. There's the Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts, located in Manhattan. You can sign up for an intensive program or take individual classes, like the one about baking and decorating vegan and gluten-free cakes. I really want to sign up for that one. And then there's Prince Street, the new podcast from Dean and DeLuca. I listened to the first episode today on iTunes, and it's great. Scarlett Johansson is the narrator, and a lot of Cherry Bomb pals are featured, including Sierra Tishgart, Eden Grinchpan, Pavia Rosati, and Umber Ahmad. A big thank you to our sponsors for supporting this season of Radio Cherry Bomb. Our first guest had an epiphany about her life one day while flying home, stuck in the middle seat on a crowded flight. Anna Newell-Jones was literally sick, tired, and broke, and she decided enough was enough. The problem? The debt she had been carrying around due to a combination of student loans and credit cards. The money situation was weighing on her so heavily it was affecting other parts of her life. Debt, she has written, is an isolating, shame-triggering experience. Anna decided to go on a spending fast. No restaurants, no movies, no clothes, no magazines, nothing but true essentials for 15 months. Did that mean no fun? Well, Anna is on the line from her home in Denver to tell us and to share her advice for breaking out of a financial rut. Anna Newell-Jones, welcome to Radio Cherry Bomb. Hi, thanks for having me. A few more things about Anna. She is a Denver-based photographer, mom, and blogger, and her new book was released Tuesday. It's called The Spender's Guide to Debt-Free Living, How a Spending Fast Helped Me Get from Broke to Badass in Record Time. Congratulations on the book, Anna. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So take us back to that day on the plane. Yeah, so I was flying home uh, to be with my family for Christmas, and I had just spent a ton of money on gifts for my family. And it was about the ninth year that I had been just rolling money from my overdraft account to my checking account to cover my overspending. And I just felt really terrible about myself. And it was time to finally do something about it. So um, I decided to do the spending fast, and then my life has never been the same since. (laughs) So did you come up with the idea of a spending fast on your own? You know, I had heard about the idea in passing, but at the time there were no blogs about it, and there were no books about it, so I just kind of made made it up as I went. So what is a spending fast? So a spending fast is where you spend money on the essentials needed to survive. And then um, and then you, it's really bare bones living, and it's super, super effective as far as a super fast way to get out of debt. 
So that that when you say bare bones living, I felt like a little shudder go through my spine. What what does yeah. that exactly like? Did you go cold turkey on like an iPhone, your cable bill, all of that? All of it. Yep. And it does suck. It's not fun like at all. It. But it, my whole thing is just do the spending fast, get out of debt as fast as humanly possible, and then get on with your life because. I, anybody who has debt can probably relate to the feeling that it's um, having debt weighs so heavy on you and it like angles every single part of your life and every decision that you make. It's always there getting a say in how you live your life. And so when you do the spending fast, you just bust through that debt, you sacrifice, and then you get on with your life. So we might be making it sound a little easier than it actually is. How does one how does one start truly start a spending fast? Because obviously you're doing yeah. the spending fast because you've been really shitty at finances up until that point. So you're not going to get yeah. better overnight, right? Yeah, and so I um, when I started, I just kept it super basic. And what I did is I created a wants and needs list and put all my wants on one in one column and all the needs on another column and on the one side were things like linens and going out to eat and new clothes and then on the need side were things like rent and utilities and um, basically you know groceries and things that are needed to survive and um, so I just kept it really simple and then I, um, I also did a reverse budget which I talk about more about exactly how to do that in my book and then I just kept it simple and I'm like, all right, spend money on the needs only and <laughs> none of the wants. And it, it, for the first three weeks or so, it was super exciting because it was like a novelty thing. And then um, from the three week mark to about the third month, it kind of sucked the most because I wasn't really in a groove with it yet. But then after the third month, um, it was smooth sailing. So do you, do you advise getting like a friend or family member to review your needs and wants list? Because I know my needs list might include things like mascara and lip gloss and HBO, but those aren't really essentials to life, are they? You know, um, actually I've never even considered that idea of having a friend or family member review it. It's always been something I've just advise people to do based on their own, create based on their own priorities in life. And, um, for example, one thing I put on my needs list was hair dye, just box hair dye. And that's something that I felt was a priority to me at that time in my life. And so it went on the needs side. And so maybe mascara belongs there for you. And, um, you know, it's, it's really got to be something that is personal to you because, I think for someone to have success with the spending fast, it's got to resonate with you and um, really be personalized to your own situation. So the scariest part of your book was that you went cold turkey on restaurants. Yes. Given the fact that That we we work in the food world and a lot of our listeners Mm -hmm. love the food world, the whole idea of cutting restaurants out of your life is terrifying. I'm sorry, what was that? It's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. So what, yeah. what, <laughs> yeah. So for those who can't, people, especially, you know, if you're in New York City, like going out to restaurants oh, yeah. is just so much part of your life because, you know, we live in these apartments that are like shoeboxes. And yeah. that's, you know, your social life revolves around that. Maybe your kitchen is like barely functional. So what sort yeah. of, tell us how you did the whole restaurant fast and what kind of uh, just advice you have. 
Yeah, so, gosh, um, the restaurants thing was really hard for me and my husband, actually, because that was something that w- was a huge part of our lives. And we don't live in New York City, but um, it's definitely something that we really enjoyed. And so it just, for us, it was about just looking at finding new ways to socialize. Um, and then just, I mean, I don't know how you would do it if you don't really have a kitchen in your house. <laughs> I think you would just have to put um, the food and eating out on your needs side of your column um, to make that work for you. Um, and then just buy the least expensive things on the menu and, you know, water before. Free still, I think. Water. Water's free, but it's not, but not in every... <laughs> That's a need. That, that's a whole other thing, though, because we can start to talk about Flint and Detroit, where people actually have to buy bottled water, oh, right. which totally sucks. But um, yeah, or I guess you could—I don't know. We'll we'll have to think about that more. If you're listening live, we can like sort of maybe you can tweet any ideas you have about how to save money on food. But but I mean, I know. have to say, I live in New York, and I restaurants going to restaurants is like a treat for me. I don't. I I usually cook at home and like get food at the market, so. It is possible to avoid restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And there are great books if you have to cook at home and don't have, like, you know, the totally kitted out kitchen. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. is it Leah Brown? Does she have that great Leanne book? Leanne Brown. Yeah. Leanne Brown mm-hmm. has that great book about um, how to uh, cook on $4 a day. That's definitely something mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. can check out if they're trying to save money on the food front. Um, so yeah. for those who are too broke to even buy your book, you do have a website <laughs> called uh, andthenwesave.com. What will people mm-hmm. find on your site? So you can find tips on, um, you can find the whole journey from the very beginning of when I decided to start the blog and kind of the day-to-day struggles and obstacles and successes that I went through from day one and then to now where it's like, actionable tips and things that you can do to um, have a successful spending fast or simply just be more mindful of spending. So tell us some of those actionable tips, like things we could all, if we're not prepared to do the wants and needs list and and really do the spending fast, what are a few things we could literally do starting at 1.30? At (laughs) 1.30. So, um, well, really, I think one of the biggest things you can do is just be honest with yourself about where you're at financially because I think it's so easy to just keep going like everything's fine and um, just kind of pretending that it's not a problem. So until, you know, you're ready to face it and actually say, I want to do something about this and change my situation and tell others that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to decline this invite because I'm working on my <laughs> getting my finances in order and, um, I think just being honest with yourself and your loved ones is super important. Um, And then, like, finding like-minded people is super huge because, especially just like the situation you mentioned about, like, if you're, say, living in New York or you're living, if you have friends that just want to go out and spend money, rather, whether it's with eating in restaurants or just shopping in general, Finding people that also have the goal of wanting to get out of debt is so huge. So you don't feel like you're just kind of isolated and alone in that quest. And there's actually, I have a closed spending fasters group on Facebook, which is super, super supportive and helpful for people so that they just know they're not alone. And how do you join the uh, group? They just email you or apply, or um, you can, apply to join? Yeah, if you type... Sorry. Um, yeah, if you just type in spending fasters, 
You should be able to find it on Facebook. Cool. My girlfriends and I just did a clothing swap on Monday night. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Christine Mulkey from Bon Appetit organized the whole thing. And fortunately, most of us are kind of the same size. So uh, we fit into each other's clothes. But that was great. I I brought like five things and I left with five things. And um, oh, how awesome. have some fancy fashion editor's clothing now that I can wear <laughs> in the summer and the that's fall. Awesome. But that's a fun thing to do with your friends. And you can make that yeah. super social and turn it into a potluck and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about the uh, current political situation because the the whole issue of college debt was a huge focus yes. and, and remains mm-hmm. a huge focus. Did You don't have to say who you're supporting in the presidential campaign, but... Were you really happy to hear Bernie make that a big topic of discussion? Yeah, you know, I think that the way things currently are, it's just—it's a really sad situation for college grads to come out of school with so much debt. I mean, it's like you come out of school already set, set back financially. And so I think there definitely needs to be something done to change the, the way that everything is set up. Because it's just a shame that um, to kind of come back, come out of college with a, that huge debt. At such a young age, to be saddled with all that debt, it just seems yeah. so wrong. Did you like his idea of free public college for everybody? You know, yeah, I don't know exactly how that would work, but um, I, I think it's great. I mean, I think the thing, you know, even if he doesn't become the president, I think something that would be great is... Like, with the spending pass, you can decide to change your life, whether, you know, Bernie Sanders is the president or we have, like, free education or not. Like, you can decide that you're going to change your life and you don't need to have a fancy job. You don't need to, like, win the lottery. You don't need to get an inheritance. Like, you can have the power to change your life with the tools that you have right now. Yeah, and I also think, you know, the best, the most talented art director I ever hired did, never went to art school, never went to college. He was self-taught, and, you know, I I know everyone has this dream about going to college, but sometimes it's not necessary. You know, if you want to work in a restaurant, do you mm-hmm. really need a liberal arts education? I don't know. Uh, I mm-hmm. think, I, I tend to, like, think that... But College the, is great for some things, but not for others. But on the flip side, it yeah, also definitely. it shouldn't just be reserved for like people with rich parents, you know. Right. So if you, exactly. it is a four year vacation for a lot of us. Oh come on, <laughs> it wasn't a four year vacation for me. But um, you know, you it you should be able to go to college if you want, and yeah. You know, graduating with tens of thousands or even hundreds of... I mean, I've read about people who graduate with hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. in debt. And, yeah, uh, people who go to law school. Or med school. So expensive. Mm-hmm. Or even undergrad. Some undergrad yeah. is just so ridiculously expensive today. You know, Anna, when I was writing uh, these questions, I was thinking about, you know, we. It, this is such a crazy country because you're almost encouraged to go into debt. You know, everything is about oh, spending yeah. and acquiring. And I was thinking, you know, we don't even learn about basic finance in school. I learned yeah, all about. So true. I learned all about the Pythagorean theorem and the square root of pi and all these things, but nobody, mm-hmm. nobody teaches you anything as basic as balancing a checkbook or, yeah, savings or what a mortgage is or how to invest your money, you know. And if your parents don't teach you, you need to figure out those life skills on your own. How do you mm-hmm. propose people start educating themselves or even their children? Gosh, um, you know, I have a little son myself, and I have been thinking about how to talk to him about money. 
And I think that, I mean, just like you mentioned, that it's not something that's taught in our schools, which I think is just such a shame because it's such a such a needed thing. Like, so many parents don't know how to deal with their finances, and so they, I think, they just stay away from the topic of money. And so what I'm planning on doing is talking to my son about it and just telling him, really just telling him the reality of things without, like, making it an adult situation his responsibility, obviously, but just kind of educating him and encouraging him to learn about it and um, just have some choices with it. It's, um, I don't know, I think just a lot of people just don't even know where to start. Uh, Yeah, it is hard. And I do think sometimes it's your personality, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a saver. My brother's a spender all the way. Um, I'm a spender turning into a reform saver. Um, well, a good, <laughs> a good place for people to start is andthenwesave.com. So you can see uh, what Anna's message is all about. Um, but before then, Anna, before we let you go, it's time for the speed round. All right. Are you ready? Okay. I have no idea what this is. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's good because most people come prepared. We love an unprepared speed round. Oh, gosh. Coffee or tea? What is it? Coffee or tea? Popular tea. I'm sorry. Coffee. Oh, coffee. So you you just have to have to give us a short, quick answer to these questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. What's in your fridge right now? Um, milk and um, fizzy water and bread and eggs. How do you like your eggs? And amoxicillin. Amoxicillin. Someone's sick. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Over easy. What's your favorite thing to cook? Oh gosh, um, probably eggs and toast. Where is your favorite place to eat? Oh gosh, um, there is a great place here in Denver. It's called Subculture. You are what you eat. So, if you were a food or beverage item, what would you be and why? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my goodness. I've never thought about this. Um, maybe cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you want to travel to and eat next? What am I going to eat next? Where, where do you want to travel to next? I'm sorry, travel to eat next? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know. Um... Vacation. Where do you want to vacation next? Uh, let's see. I probably want to go just see my family in Nebraska. It's not very exotic. <laughs> it's better than nothing. <laughs> um, in the next ten years, what have you? What have you would have liked to done in the next ten years? Sorry, that that's a tough here. speed round question. I know, but uh, <laughs> you know, where do you see yourself in the next ten years? <laughs> Gosh, in the next ten years. Um, well, my husband and I were wedding photographers, so I see us doing that full time. My husband is getting ready to do that, leave his day job and do that with me full time. And um, I'd like to do like different, lots of speaking engagements and just uh, share the spending fast idea with a lot of people so that they know that there is hope out of debt. Oh, that's awesome. So, Anna, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for all the people you've... Thank you for having me. Thank you for all the people you've helped. Do you have a little thing on your website that shows how much money you've helped people save 
and it's over a million dollars at this point. Yeah. You must feel yeah, great about that. Crazy. So Anna's yeah, book, awesome. Anna's new book is called The Spender's Guide to Debt-Free Living, How a Spending Fast Helped Me Get from Broke to Badass in Record Time. So before you, send, before you start on that spending fast, you might want to go buy that book. Anna, thank you yep. for your time. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Right, we'll be right back with the directors of the Food Book Fair. Love chocolate? Turn your passion into a profession with a Cole Chocolat School of Chocolate Arts. This award-winning school offers many programs for chocolate making, so you can master techniques and gain the expertise and business knowledge you need to become a professional chocolate maker. You'll create mouth-watering chocolate recipes from professional instructors while interacting with your classmates and tutors all online. Become a chocolate expert with a Cole Chocolat via your computer, phone, or tablet. Pursue your passion for chocolate. Visit EcoleChocolat.com today. The one and only Dave Arnold brings the noise to Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday on Cooking Issues. Coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick and Brooklyn. If the bomb was going to drop... And you only had 15 minutes, which is like, I can, I can make a sandwich in 15 minutes. And you'll be eating a sandwich. I'd kiss my wife, make a sandwich. If you believe that it's all about to be over, why eat healthy? I'm not a freaking Neanderthal. I like a tempered ice cream sandwich. But it's the only way to get around it if you're a party master because you, you're going to wind up, like your kitchen's going to fill with dishes. And Some is there... people have commercial dishwashers in their house. Who? I've seen them. Who? I've seen them. Who? <laughs> really rich people. <laughs> For more mile-a-minute knowledge from Dave and the crew, listen to Cooking Issues, available on Heritage Radio Network, iTunes, and Stitcher. Welcome back to Radio Cherry Bomb. So, the Food Book Fair is a multi-day celebration of cookbooks, food magazines, food writers, and more, and it takes place in Brooklyn this weekend. It began as a thesis project and has morphed into one of the food world's favorite events. This weekend will mark the fifth year of the Food Book Fair, and we're, th we're thrilled to have the directors, Kimberly Chow and Amanda Dell, as our guests today. Welcome, you two, to Radio Cherry Bomb. Hi, Radio Cherry Bomb. Thanks for having <laughs> us. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit, a bit about the Food Book Fair, because it, it is a, in its fifth year, and it started out as a thesis project with uh, one of our... Actually, one of our contributors, uh, Elizabeth Thacker Jones, who who now has passed the torch on to you guys. Mm -hmm. I miss her uh, <laughs> cookbook review roundup. Let's let's bring that back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Elizabeth Thacker Jones started Food Book Fair in 2012. Out of it was a grad school project, and the idea was people are talking about food systems, people are talking about food culture. There's a lot of events 
for both separately. But there wasn't really anything at the time where um, you could talk about cronuts, but also about food access or also about, you know, uh, farmer land access as well as, you know, kale salad. So, and, and not really a place to celebrate indie publishing, indie food pa- publishing, and there were so many great magazines coming out at the time, and there has since been more, including Cherry Bomb. Uh, so she wanted to create a space for that, and the food book fair sort of um, grew from there. So how have you guys found it this year? Because you guys were both involved with Elizabeth, um, but she was kind of like the main director, and now... Um, you guys took the torch. Uh, she moved to Milan, I think, right? Yeah, she yeah. moved to Milan. She was working on the uh, USA Pavilion at the World's Fair at Expo in Milan and loved it and decided to stay and start this new phase of her life. Um, hi, Elizabeth. Um, and we had been working with her and, and sort of um, taking on more responsibility, and it became pretty natural that we would sort of take over things formally. Yeah, and we were, you know, really excited to build on what Elizabeth had started and bring also some new energy and new ideas into um, the festival in general. And we're thrilled to bring back children's programming this year. We're really excited to have the launch of what we are unofficially calling Food Book Fair School on Monday, which has workshops. You're able to really get your hands dirty and, and talk to experts um, within the food community in a much more intimate setting. And we're also, you know, again, just our real enthusiasm comes from getting to celebrate all of the incredible authors, creators, writers, illustrators that are, you know, that are making such amazing things that we get to have a platform and a, and a microphone to, to showcase them. Are there any panels or workshops that you guys are particularly excited about this year? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I am really excited for Liz Kleeman and Rebecca Pepler's um, food styling and food photography workshop because I, I think that sometimes it may seem as if those two disciplines are in their own silos and they it hasn't there haven't been so many opportunities for people to get to see how they work in tandem together so they're great friends and they're friends of ours and they have amazing you know personality and energy and i think what we're hoping is that people can take away actual concrete knowledge that they can really use as they move forward in whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. and or in in uh a sort of a topic that we've talked about at panels and uh, just in general over time, or people think that food styling and photography is I'm making air quotes right here, <laughs> furiously easy. Yeah. They will show you all sorts of things you can do with a spray bottle. Yes. <laughs> There's tweezers involved too. There are big and small tweezers. Um, you have some great panels on Sunday. Um, I, you know, since we only cover women, I'm, I'm sadly, t- sad to say that we won't, we'll never probably write about John Gray from Ghetto Gastro, but uh, he's someone that, like, I love. Um, but you have panels like Recipe Testing and Development. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, we have a panel called Food oh, as food, Fashion. Which John is fashion, on. Yes. Which John is on. Among other awesome ladies and dudes. Um, yes. Foodie Articles Today, which has some of our favorite magazines like Diner Journal and Put an Egg on It and Sweet Paul. Um, what else? 
Food and Fiction, which yeah. is, um, it's all women on that oh, panel. nice. So sort of talking about um, how there seems to be more books, more uh, novels uh, and fiction writing set in restaurants or about uh, dining culture and restaurants and what it's, how one can and how it's possible to write something convincing enough, believable enough, but also clearly uh, fictional about something as personal as food. Can that be done? How, how can it be done? Um, and I think part of it, they'll sort of uh, ask, like, how come it's all <laughs> women on this panel, which we think is a good problem to have when you're like, shit. You know, maybe we should represent some dudes here. Yeah, and that's um, moderate- crush the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> that's moderated by Kathy Irway. And actually, going back to your earlier guest, um, Kathy wrote this, I think, incredible book called "Not Eating Out." It's called "The not, Art of Eating." The Art in. of Eating oh. Out. Okay, not eating. And then her web, I think, how I learned web- to stop spending and love the stove. Yes, and some somewhere one of her tagline was how to. Maybe, maybe her website is not eating out in ny.com. Okay, that's where I got it. I hope so, I'm getting this right, Kathy. <laughs> sorry, Kathy, if it's wrong. Um, yeah, so that's actually a really great resource for anyone that wants to start their spending fast and not eat out anymore. Um, could be a good could be a good thing to to check out. And if you're not on a spending fast, you guys <laughs> planned a literary dinner on Saturday, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, our annual dinner, uh, Tables of Contents, which is one of my favorite uh, puns that I wish I came up with but did not. Um, that's at Egg Restaurant. We do this with them every year, and we cook from uh, a work of literature. Um, speaking of food and fiction, uh, this year we're cooking from Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Um, I think that's going to be really delicious. And often it's like they pick dishes that are mentioned in the books. Other times it's more conceptual, evoking a feeling or a a time and place. Uh, And that's all sort of, you know, their mysterious doings. We'll find out on Saturday when it happens. But there's, I think, a couple tickets. Are there a couple tickets for that? Well, you guys can. Might be able to squeeze in. Yeah, it'll be a good one. So we've been in, involved with Foodie Article since the year we launched, actually, Yay. which was three years ago. Um, and that's it's always such a great time. It's on Sunday from 2 to 6. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Tickets are only $8, which is amazing. But you can actually go around. We all have tables, and you, you eat and drink, and you can talk to you know all these great magazine publishers. Um, how do you guys end up curating those, those uh, panels? Yeah, it's a combination of magazines that we come across in our in our own lives that we're really especially attracted to it's a common also people you know send us magazines or make us aware of their magazines and and we check them out and um you know it's it's our we wish we could have even more and more magazines my my joke which hopefully my co-director kim will allow me to make on air right now is that next year barclays like all we want to do is just get to a bigger place where we can even, you know, show more magazines of, you know, we, we definitely curate in the sense that we have to make sure that, you know, the magazines are aligned with, um, you know, something that we feel our audience would appreciate. But as I, as I touched on earlier, we've just been astounded by the creativity of folks out there and, and we get excited when, when they show us their work. We spent a lot of time with our beloved and very patient venue partner, the Wythe Hotel, yes. working on floor plans to squeeze more people in. But we spent a lot of time also tagging each other on Instagram of different magazines. I text pictures from different airports to Amanda all the time. There's this magazine from Mexico City called uh, Revista Joja Santa, I think. And um, 
wow, my Spanish accent is bad. No, it's but great. I, Don't worry I, about I, said, it. I I was in the airport and in Mexico City, and I was like, we have to get this. Yeah. Where is it? You know, yeah, we were stalking that one we for stalk, a while. We stalk <laughs> these on the internet wherever we find them, and uh, when we're lucky and fortunate enough, uh, and do enough ahead of time planning, they come yeah. here. Yeah, but I, I mean, just so, so you ladies, just so the Cherry Bomb team knows, we get many inquiries asking if you both will actually be there. Oh, yes, and, we, we will. And great. It's one of my we, favorite things. I love going yay. and seeing all the new magazines and stuff. You know, I think that's I something that we hear a lot, that yes, people are really particularly important. excited to meet the makers and creators and mm-hmm. also to meet people in real life because right. so many relationships and conversations exist on yeah. the Internet. Yeah, it's hard to make that personal connection. Um, but we do have news because unexpectedly our new issue is coming in tomorrow. So hopefully we'll have them on sale on Sunday. Stay um, tuned. Check our social media yeah. for more. Wow. It'll be... Uh, It'll be uh, the first place you can buy it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to you guys, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your backgrounds and how you ended up, you know, doing this. I can go first. This, this is great. Uh, I was a, I was a, I'm a once and future or reformed journalist. And uh, in between jobs, I met Elizabeth, who started Food Book Fair, and she said. Um, could you help me out and produce foodie articles, actually? And then I sort of kept doing more and more. And Amanda, actually, I started in 2014. In, 2000, in that year, Amanda represented a foodie article, Small Time Cooks, um, the, first, the world's first adult culinary activity. It's actually for food nerds of all ages. Okay, it's for food nerds of all ages. It's a culinary coloring and activity book. Let me not spin that to be more adult <laughs> than it is. Um, that's how we met, and she signed on to do more and more, and that's how sort of things evolved. Yeah. Um, I was actually in the restaurant business, and I had the opportunity to work for some amazing restaurants, um, Gramercy Tavern, Mayalino, and I love the business, and I love the hospitality aspect. I eventually started to realize it just wasn't my end game being in the restaurant every day, all day. Um, I think I have huge respect for the business and people that do that, but... I started to feel as if it wasn't for me. So I just had to figure out a way to be within and around the food and beverage community um, and just started taking on other production projects and um, just finding my way. I still am. And it's exciting to feel as if there's still new opportunities on the horizon. Yeah. And we, I mean, every year we do Jubilee and, and, you know, how do you guys figure out what the programming is every year? There's a lot of Instagram tagging. Yeah. I don't know if there's such a specific process. Um, This year, we just kind of went back to that idea that we wanted to keep some things that we really love, but also try some new ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanted to keep panel discussions, but we wanted to do workshops and hands-on classes. Uh, There are so many events. There are so many panel discussions, and we need to find ways to keep people engaged and and have people, uh, you know, have something to do that's a little bit more interactive, we think. Um, it's it always goes back to food media, so that means books, but as well as magazines, radio, TV, uh, film, uh, all the ways people are encapsulating and documenting food and food ways and how we consume and make and eat and distribute and produce. Um, 
And uh, so we start with a we start with a very long book list, and we sort of go from there. Right. Yeah. Or you know, in a general sense, also you know, get inspiration from the books that have been you know recently released as well, and wanting to to showcase those authors. So I did look on the website last night, and there are some things that are sold out, but I think tickets are still available. Yes. Um, you can buy a day pass for Sunday, which is when all the panels and discussions happens, and foodie articles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Monday, there are individual workshops you can buy tickets to, plus the dinner on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tonight, I think tonight, you yes, guys are kicking tonight. it off at Achilles Woo-hoo. Heel. It's free. It's first come, first serve. So if you guys are in town and are interested in checking it out... Um, Go to the website, foodbookfair.com. Yeah. Um, and I think it's time for the speed round. You guys okay. heard the questions already, so <laughs> oh, let's do it. You'll be okay. more prepared. Okay. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Me too. Definitely. What's in your fridge right now? Sauerkraut. Cashew cream. How do you take your eggs? Uh, hard, uh, medium boiled. Not particular. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, a big green salad with a lot of croutons. Roast chicken. Where's your favorite place to eat? Can I name another pizza restaurant? Saragina. Yeah. <laughs> um, we recently went to Casamono, and it was like better than ever. And it's one of my favorite places, and I look for any excuse to go there. If you were a food or beverage item, what would you be and why? This is hard. A lemon bar. <laughs> why? <laughs> kind of sweet, kind of acidic. Uh, what is going on? It's, uh, people are hearing some know. background noise. I think someone's doing construction behind us. Oh, so, uh, okay. Apologies. We yeah. don't need to, I don't oh, know. I thought of an answer for this and then immediately forgot. Ooh. Earlier during the other oh. run. Why don't you go? Um... I would be a sandwich. A lot of different components all coming together. <laughs> Good answer. One thing. All right. Where do you want to travel to next? Vietnam. Mexico Yum. City. Yum. Um, next 10 years, what are some of your goals? We'd like to take Food Book Fair on the road. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Barclay Center. <laughs> <laughs> Guys will sell it out. Hopefully. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here. Wow, such a pleasure. We're looking forward to seeing you on Sunday see and can't, uh, can't wait to see the new cover lady. And yeah. see you on the dance floor at <laughs> yes. Achilles Heel tonight. All right, we'll be right back with a brand new feature, A Thousand Foods to Eat Before You Die with Mimi Sheraton. episode is brought to you by Prince Street, Dean and DeLuca's monthly podcast dedicated to the delicious and infinite connections between people and food. Each new Prince Street podcast features special guests, field reports, and meals from around the world. Editor-in-chief Howie Kahn hosts the show, featuring segments from correspondents such as Griffin Dunn, Jay McInerney, Eden Grinchpan, and Sierra Tishkart. Download Prince Street on iTunes and online at livefromprincestreet.com. Prince Street, a fresh new podcast with a culinary heart. Were you into avocado toast before any of your friends? Do you know how to whip up some cashew cream? And do you make your own almond milk? 
If so, you're our kind of person and you might be interested in the classes at the Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts, located in the heart of Manhattan. Founded in 1977, NGI is the first culinary school dedicated to healthy cooking to be accredited nationally. Their professional chef's training program is offered full and part-time, and several of our favorite chefs are alumni, including Dirt Candy's Amanda Cohen, Alyssa Wagner of Dimes, and Chloe Coscarelli from By Chloe. Visit ngihca.edu to learn about enrolling in a fall 2016 chef's training program. Welcome back to Radio Cherry Bomb. If you're familiar with the world of Cherry Bomb, you know how much we love Mimi Sheraton, the trailblazing journalist who was the very first female restaurant critic of the New York Times. Today, at the age of 90, Mimi continues to publish, write, and speak at conferences. In fact, she just spoke at our Jubilee Conference about the history of female chefs in New York City. Last year, Mimi published a crazy ambitious book called 1,000 Foods to Eat Before You Die. In it, she cataloged just that, all the fascinating dishes and items a gourmand should try in a lifetime. You might never eat some of these foods, but we have a delicious alternative. Each week, Mimi will read an entry from her book. We probably won't get through all 1,000 entries, but we'll have a tasty time trying. Here's Mimi. Uh, this is Mimi Sheraton. Summer pudding. Just right for summer as berries come into season, this English dessert is made with ripe red raspberries, red currants, blueberries, and blackberries, all favorites for this cool and moist dessert with the sparkle of liquid garnets. Although the word pudding suggests either a hot and steamy dish in the English vein or a creamy dessert favored by children, in this case, it refers to a beautifully cool, fresh press of lightly crushed and sugared berries encased in white bread that turns lusciously crimson as fruit juices seep through. But it is a pudding in form, which accounts for its name, and is it turned out of a bowl, a souffle dish, or a charlotte mold to be spooned into individual dishes and topped with a swirl of whipped cream, creme fraiche, clotted cream, or even yogurt, if you like. The cool enchantment is generally offered in English restaurants and homes in midsummer. These days, however, it can be had year-round if frozen or imported berries are deemed acceptable. <laughs> That's it for today. Be sure to pick up Mimi's book, A Thousand Foods to Eat Before You Die, at your favorite cookbook shop like Kitchen Arts and Letters in Manhattan, Book Larder in Seattle, and Omnivore Books on Food in San Francisco. Speaking of Omnivore, Carrie and I will be there on Wednesday, May 18th for a party celebrating our brand new issue. If you live in the Bay Area, we'd love to see you there. And big thank you to the following awesome folks for supporting Radio Cherry Bomb. Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Cult Culinary Arts. Start your journey to become a natural food chef today by visiting ngihca.edu. Ecole Chocolat. Check out the different classes they offer at ecolechocolat.com. If chocolate is your passion, you just might want to make it your profession. And Prince Street, a fresh podcast with a culinary heart. For more, visit livefromprincestreet.com or download the Prince Street podcast from iTunes. Thank you for listening, everybody. You're the bomb.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 